Well, welcome everyone to this first day of session. Good to see so many people here taking time out of their busy work lives and family lives to um, put time aside to study the great way mm -hmm. and to bring some clarity into our own lives and by, and by so doing hopefully bringing some joy to others in the process. Um, as, a way, as a title for this first talk, it's called um, A Donkey Looking at a Well. And it's a nice metaphor just to hang our practice on as a way of touching base with um, what our practice is here for the next week. Um, but the uh, koan comes from the Book of Equanimity to give you a little bit of um, historical background. And it's a dialogue between two well-known teachers who were um, teacher and student, but they both become teachers. So it's Sozan and Tozan. And it's from the So and the To of those names that we get Soto Zen. And uh, the nature of this, the, 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 the content of this koan, or to give us some context to it, is that um, Sozan asked Tozan, um, what is the great way, or what's way your, your way of expressing your realisation? And Sozan said, it's like a donkey looking at a well. Uh -huh. And Tozan said, well, that's pretty good, but it's only about 80% of it. And he said, and then Sozan said, well, how would you say it? He said, well, it's like a well looking at a donkey. <laughs> let's look at that a little bit more. But being a, let's keep it simple and just a donkey looking at a well. That's our practice during this session, being a donkey looking at a well. Now, a little bit of a little side commentary to this too. In doing a bit of research on this koan, I found out that um, Mayazumi Roshi, who was Joko's teacher, um, who she received um, permission to teach through, um, was once asked by a reporter, um, uh, now where is it here? Yes. Yeah. Do you think scientists will ever fully understand the functioning of the brain? And he said, no, I think the brain is using scientists to investigate itself. <laughs> and this is a bit like the donkey looking at the well, like the scientist looking at the brain is like the donkey looking at the well. But the brain looking at the scientist, uh -huh, that's maybe like the well looking at the donkey. Um, Mayazumi Roshi was, uh, I, I met him a few times, and uh, apart from his... Uh, fall from grace with alcoholism and so on. And in some ways, he was a very illuminating and vibrant kind of teacher. And um, often, Joko said at, at, at public talks, people would ask him all of these really difficult, curly, philosophical questions, you know, which is kind of like trying to, trying to entrap someone in words or concepts. And he was kind of like a Houdini, like he'd have all the all the metaphorical handcuffs on and everything. And it's like he would just slip out of them and put the handcuffs on the other person, on the questioner. Uh -huh. So that's what he does here. Right? Just doesn't get trapped in words, doesn't get tra trapped in metaphors. 
And that's our challenge too. Do you realise how much all of us get trapped in metaphors and comparisons and ideas and concepts, constructions of the mind? It only takes you about a few hours into session to realise just how much we're entangled up in it. In the Heart Sutra, it says, and I don't know the exact words, I'm paraphrasing it, but in those first few lines it's about um, there being no constructions in the mind. Mm -hmm. We're full of constructions, comparisons, analysis, trying to make sense of everything, trying to win, Mm -hmm. fearing losing, you know, it all gets tangled up together. And um, that's what creates um, the dissatisfaction and the suffering in our lives and the lives of others. And so we do session to dissolve it, to deconstruct it, to, to get back to the ground of being. If we look at the verse that goes with this um, koan, the donkey looks into the well, the well looks at the donkey. Wisdom embraces all without anything outside it. Purity prevails with excessive abundance. Who can discern the seal behind the elbow? I don't know that literary metaphor. No books are stocked in the entire house. No concepts, no constructions, no words in the, in the whole mind. With no thread in the loom, the shuttle does not work. In other words, the, the thoughts of the mind can't keep on spinning their creations and their constructions. Mm-hmm. Beautiful patterns, vertical and horizontal, with exquisite designs appearing of themselves. What's that? All of this. This, you, trees, flowers. Mm-hmm. All those exquisite designs are just there of themselves. But it's the nature of human beings that there's all of this wonder out here, all of this mystery out here, all of this beauty out, out, out here surrounding us. And what are we more interested in? All of these round and round it goes. That's all we're interested in. And we, we miss um, so much of the richness of our life through that experience. Now, obviously, just to use a few, if I can at least uh, not be a donkey for a moment and go back into Buddhist concepts, all of you know we use the words the absolute and the relative in Zen and in Buddhism. But the absolute is not like some absolute truth, like some fundamental equation like E equals MC squared that will resolve everything in the world. The absolute is really just suchness. You know, like the, the way things are before we project all of our construction and thought and ideas onto it. It's just the way things are. The ground, the beam, mm-hmm. the floor, the cushion. Mm-hmm. That's the absolute. The relative world is how we dissect it and analyse it and evaluate it and so on with our minds. And obviously we need that part of our brain to work well. You know, we've all gone through, most of us have gone through a lot of education, learned a lot of important skills, 
which we use in our work and it's important in that context that we're, we're in the relative world and we need to exist in that relative world. But what most human beings don't realise is that most human beings live in that relative world. Most people have got no idea of being in touch just with the ground of experience, with momentary experience just as it is. It's like we've lost touch with it. And so Zen training is a way of getting in touch with it again. And so the absolute becomes the master, right? The relative becomes the servant. And most people, the relative mind, that mind of dissecting and analysing, comparing, is like a petty tyrant you know, or a nag. It's always at you all the time. And uh, keeps on distracting us just from seeing what simply is. And also it distracts us from just being what we are. Like this breathing body that's seeing, hearing, tasting, touching every moment, feeling every moment. So what is, what is it really like to be a donkey? Just be a donkey for a moment. Uh -huh. Now, in Zen metaphors, um, a donkey is, well, what a donkey conjures up for me is a kind of um, endearing, innocent creature that hasn't got any cleverness or wiles or anything like that. Whereas a fox in, in Zen literature is metaphorical of the clever mind, you know, the sort of tricky mind that's always working things out to its own advantage. But a donkey's just a donkey, innocent donkey. And so it just looks at the well and it's not thinking, I wonder what the pH level of the water is in the well, or whether there was more water in the well yesterday than yesterday. It just looks at the well. It's not trying to make sense of the well. There's no goal. There is no intention in what it's doing. It's just looking at the well. And it sees a well looking back at it. Mm -hmm. It's that level of simplicity that we're um, aspiring to in doing a session. Mm -hmm. Often when people do session, they can fall into different traps of the mind. I can just name a few. And one is to get caught up in um, philosophizing, trying to make sense of life, um, trying to work it out, trying to work out the meaning of it, mm -hmm. and getting caught up in various different conflicting philosophical ideas and having a, a debate going on in your mind. Um, it won't get you anywhere. Uh -huh. um, Sometimes other people um, are not caught so much up in philosophizing, but psychologizing. You know, going back over their childhood or the ins and outs of their inner experience and trying to work it out. You know, did my mother really love me enough? You know, those kind of things. They're, they're just questions which go nowhere. Mm -hmm. And if you do have 
emotions going, that, that's part of your experience, well that, that's part of your experience and you just include that of course. Um, but if you have emotions and intense emotions running through you during session, as much as possible just simply try to label the narrative, drop the narrative, come into the body and experience it in the body. Mm -hmm. And then at least it's a here and now experience. Right? You're, still, you're still being present to all of that. But to use session to go over working out your childhood and why you are the way, etc., etc., well, that has its place in the world, if you want to come and see people like me. But in a Zen context, we're just letting all of that go. Mm -hmm. Like I said, if strong emotions come up, don't get caught up in thinking about it. Just experience it. It's not about suppression of feelings. They're just things that come and go. But if you get caught up in the narrative around it, um, it'll just entangle you. Mm -hmm. And you won't have that experience of clarity and fulfilment that comes from doing session. Sometimes people in session create a construction of a, a goal of some kind too, that um, I'm going to learn to concentrate better, or I'm, I'm going to want to be more mindful by the time I finish session, you know, or I want to be clearer, or I want to be a kinder person. Well, they're, they're fine things, they're fine things to aspire to, um, but just sit. Don't, don't, have, don't sit with a goal in mind. Just sit. Mm -hmm. And everything will look after itself. In one of the readings we do on Tuesday night, um, Dogen Senji says, you know, sit and don't think of enlightenment. Don't have an idea of enlightenment. Or all its different variations, you know, more compassion, more kindness, more patience, more mindfulness, etc., etc. Just let it all go. If you just sit, it'll all take care of itself. Mm -hmm. So, be like a donkey and just sit without trying to make any sense of anything without having a goal, without having an intention, but just sit. I could say this a hundred times, you know, just sit. But that's what, the, that's what the constructing mind wants to do. It's not happy just to sit there like a donkey. You know, it wants to actually entertain itself with something all the time. <clears throat> more to um, say um, in opening words during, during this session. Um, there will be more to come. But if we're going to use that metaphor and be like the donkey looking at the well, then like I said, it's just sitting without trying to make sense of your experience. Mm -hmm. And it's also doing one thing at a time. Mm -hmm. forget, about, forget about multitasking during session. We don't multitask during session. We just do one thing at a time. Just giving full attention to each action that you perform, each step you take. Um, 
Don't just think that session is doing the work on the cushions. Remember, if you're making tea, to mindfully be aware of putting the spoon in the teapot, you know, and emptying the teaspoon into the cup, and mindfully putting the water into the cup at each each step. We're fully present just to the experience. There's no better way than actually getting out of the mind you know, and the constructions of the mind, but to simply pay attention to the everyday, ordinary actions that we perform. Mm-hmm. And it's not that hard to do, really. Another one of the traps that people get into, maybe particularly with Zen practice, so it's so rigorous, is this trying really, really hard to be present. And in fact, it's not that hard. That's why I particularly use the words dropping into the moment. It's like we're just hovering up there. You know, it's like we're a helicopter hovering. We just have to land in the present moment. It's really not that difficult. It's not, a, it's not an exercise in trying so much is that it's an exercise in letting go. You let go of whatever is the particular construction in your mind that you're being preoccupied with and that's what happens. You drop into the present moment. And then when you drop into the present moment, if you stay there in a sustained way, you, you take along in the, in the transience of it, in the flow of it. It takes you along, like going down a, a river on a canoe. Just keep dropping into it and dropping into it. So if we practice like donkeys, um, at the end of this session, I don't want to see, I don't want to meet any half-wits. I want to meet complete idiots. (laughs) Not half-wits, zero-wits. Um, sometimes I amuse myself that uh, the name of our school is the Ordinary Mind Zen School. And it should have a, a subheading underneath it, the Ordinary Mind Zen School, the stupid way. <laughs> That's truly within the spirit of Zen. <laughs>